This is Riz Hatton with the Becker's Dental Plus DSO podcast. I'm thrilled to be joined today by Cyrus Lee, CEO of Permanente Dental Associates. Cyrus, thank you so much for being here today. Hello, Riz. Thank you so much for having me today. Well, thank you for joining. Could you start off by introducing yourself and telling us a bit about your background? Of course. Um, my name is Cyrus Lee, and I'm the Chief Executive Officer of Permanente Dental Associates. Uh, so we are the dental group for Kaiser Permanente Dental in the Pacific Northwest. So that's specifically Oregon and Southwest Washington. So we provide dental services for Kaiser Dental members out of 21 dental offices. Uh, we are a professional corporation with most of our clinicians as shareholders of our group. So we are dentists owned and led. Uh, we have about 120 general dentists and 35 specialists who represent most of the major specialties, and we also have denturists. Um, our program has been continuously accredited for over 30 years by the Accreditation Association for Ambulatory Healthcare. I think we're one of only two dental groups that's accredited by HHC. Um, and in 2022, we were named uh, for our size number one healthiest employer of Oregon and number one healthiest employer in Washington. And we're also a certified B Corporation. So I've been practicing for about uh, 20 years. I'm a native Oregonian, uh, but I did spend several years away during my college years and in the military. And I've been uh, with Kaiser Permanente Dental since 2006. Um, today is actually my 17th year anniversary. Um, so some of my highlights have been in January 2017, uh, I opened our Cedar Hills Dental and Medical Office, um, which was the first full medical dental integrated office of its kind. Um, now we went to Epic as our EHR in 2016. So uh, that allowed us to have the first true medical dental integrated office. And uh, we had things like we had a nurse dedicated um, to our dental patients to help them close both preventative care gaps like vaccinations and disease management care gaps like blood draws for uh, diabetic patients to monitor their A1C levels. Um, and we also had a physician right there on site, uh, which allowed um, me to have those in the moment collaboration on uh, patient care. So um, I spent most of my career in the care delivery operations side of the house. And, uh, and then last year I was selected as the fourth executive dental director and Chief Executive Officer of Permanente Dental Associates. Well, thank you. That's great to hear. And congratulations on your 17th year anniversary. Thank you. So my first question for you is, what are the biggest issues you're following in dental right now? Wow. And how, how much time do we have? <laughs> this could be an hour-long podcast. I mean, there, there are a lot of big issues. And um, I think we're entering a very dynamic time in dentistry. Um, really all of healthcare, but I think uh, really in, in dentistry. So uh, I tend to group the biggest issues into um, really three buckets in my mind. Uh, first one is around people. The second one is around technology and care advancement. Um, and then the third one is uh, regulatory government policy. And then uh, really overarching and touching on all these areas, of course, is the consolidation of dental practices throughout dentistry, um, which We've seen previously in other areas of healthcare, such as pharmacy and physician practices. So, um, big issue around people, uh, of course, right now, front and center for everyone is staffing. Um, there aren't enough dental assistants, uh, there aren't enough dental hygienists. And 
You know, um, Riz, when you look at enrollment data, uh, comparing pre-doctoral dental students with dental hygiene and dental assistant students um, over the past um, quite a few years, actually, the number of dental students has been going up and is projected to continue going up for another few years uh, with the opening of new schools and some uh, class size increases. Um, and meanwhile, the number of hygiene students and especially the number of dental assistant students has um, really not been anywhere close to keeping up. Um, and in many cases, um, maybe going down a little bit. So pretty much on, on that macro level, there's, there's more dentists uh, competing for fewer staff, um, which has only been exacerbated by the years of the pandemic. Um, here in Oregon, there's been some work on legislation for additional funds, uh, about $20 million to expand dental assistant and hygienist training programs. Um, so I'm hopeful that, uh, that we'll get some of those additional funds uh, for our state. Um, here at Kaiser Permanente, we've started an internal dental assistant training program, um, which are really aimed at those people who are unable to be a full-time dental assistant student um, because they might be working another job at the time. Um, and then another issue around people, and this is really uh, more on the dentist side of things, is the cost of dental ed education. Um, the amount of debt these graduates are coming out with is really, really incredible. Um, for me, uh, 20 years ago, the thought of having a six-figure debt load was was really unfathomable, um, which led me to look at the uh, military scholarship option for me, which which I I think is a great way to go. And it was such a great experience for me. But, you know, when we have um, new dentists uh, starting out their career, uh, $250,000 to $400,000 or more um, in the hole, um, there are some big impl implications um, to having those kind of uh, financial pressures. And then uh, the second uh, area is really around technology and care advancement. Um, and I think the one that uh, probably jumps out immediately right now is uh, that around generative AI, artificial intelligence. Um, so of course, this is gonna have major implications everywhere in society, um, including dentistry. So uh, a couple initial areas um, in dentistry would be in uh, radiology, such as augmentation uh, to um, clinicians' uh, radiographic exam. And then on the payer side of things, um, really using AI technology for utilization and claims review. And I don't know if these things are, you know, necessarily a bad thing or a good thing. Uh, I think what's important in, is that there's transparency into what's going into these models. Uh, into these models. It's like with uh, uh, dental lab uh, cases, you know, uh, junk in, junk out. So we've got to make sure that uh, the thing's going in are really appropriate, and then uh, how much actual um, human use do we have to uh, really help inform on how these technologies are going to be used, um, and and where is the clinician's voice um, in that process? Um, another technology care advancement issue, uh, since I'm with Kaiser Permanente Dental, um, is medical dental integration. Uh, that's a big one. So we've been doing things around medical dental integration for decades. Um, and, you know, the challenges in healthcare are so big that I don't think we can continue to have these silos between medical and dental. Dental for a lot of people might be their only regular touch point in the healthcare system. So 
uh, really the question is how can we work as extenders of primary care and continue to elevate our profession as an integrated part of our healthcare system. Uh, and then that kind of brings me to that third area, and that's around uh, government, regulatory, and uh, policy. So we know not enough Americans have access to dental care. Uh, there's so much unmet oral health needs. The 2021 Surgeon General's report on oral health in America um, advances and challenges. It says that while our understanding of oral disease continues to grow, um, too many Americans still suffer from diseases of the mouth, uh, the majority of which are related to oral health disparities. And that really does underscore the intersectionality of social and systemic determinants that can um, create both advantages and disadvantages with respect to oral health and therefore overall health um, across a person's lifespan. So um, getting back to the government regulatory and uh, policy aspect, the question is, you know, are, are there any levers um, that there's going to be a, uh, pressures to pull? So um, some of those things to keep an eye on would be um, uh, Medicare expansion in the dental. Uh, you know, in, in medical, Medicare is the single biggest payer, um, and that's had a massive effect in the um, medical space. So if there's ever uh, any expansion of uh, this program into dental, those long-term effects would, would really, really um, be significant over time. Um, and then that around uh, mid-level providers. You know, I'm, I'm here in Oregon, and so we are a state that just recently um, has authorized uh, dental therapists. So there's about a dozen states with at least some level dental uh, therapists uh, in some settings. Um, some are more broad and others are more uh, narrow. So those are all things uh, definitely worth keeping an eye on um, from that government regulatory uh, policy standpoint. Very interesting. Thank you for sharing. My next question for you is, what are you most excited about and what makes you nervous? Yeah, Riz, I think, you know, all those um, big issues that, that we just uh, spent a few minutes talking about, um, it, it's all related to that because I, I do think that as a profession that there are things that we can do to get more people uh, to a better state of oral health and therefore overall health. Um, I think things like true medical dental integration, clinical advances and technology, um, more people interested and, and being exposed to dentistry as a profession. You know, for such a long time, uh, dentistry has been um, largely a, a legacy influenced um, profession for people to go into, but um, now we're seeing um, more and uh, more people from all cross sections of society in our communities entering uh, the profession, which um, all means that all those things can help us as a profession to um, uh, get Americans and our communities to that better state of oral health um, and overall health and, and help um, with health equity. Um, I also think uh, a lot of these dynamics and challenges means that the consolidation of practices will continue and, and probably even accelerate a bit moving forward. Um, you know, we talked about the debt load, and, and a lot of that uh, may be driven by, you know, some of the changing demographics of our um, uh, dental students. Uh, in addition to that, uh, means that fewer dental students are um, really interested in owning their own practice than 20 or even 10 years ago. Um, and the challenges of owning a practice um, 
uh, with the staffing dynamics, the technological investment, um, uh, all, all those things um, mean that uh, I, I do see more and more people um, moving into um, a more of a group practice model as opposed to uh, individual um, private practice model. Um, in fact, the most recent ADA HPI research brief, I think in 2021, um, it, it forecasts that, that the per capita supply of dentists is projected to increase through 2040. Um, and that's even after adjusting for changes in hours worked and patient uh, visits due to uh, the dentist demographics in terms of age and gender composition. So um, it, it should make for a uh, uh, increasingly more um, uh, competitive uh, environment. So, you know, just like AI, I don't know if consolidation is good or bad, but I think there's a, a lot of good things about efficiency at scale. Um, but again, the important thing is how is that clinician voice uh, factored into um, the delivery of care um, for patients and, um, you know, questions about incentive alignment and um, how that efficiency at scale is, is being used and um, whether uh, it's, it's being used to enable more and more people to have access to care that will improve their health. Um, so those are, those are some of the things that are really exciting um, that uh, present really great opportunities, um, but also definitely uh, something uh, to keep an eye on, on, on how these exciting things will be used. Thank you. My next question for you is, what will the most effective healthcare leaders need to be successful in the next two to three years? Yeah, Riz, uh, you know, the past two to three years has been really tough and um, in healthcare and, and, you know, we all know healthcare is really, really challenging right now and um, probably that will continue over the next two to three years. Um, and so at the end of the day, I think that the most effective healthcare leaders, um, they need to be able to uh, inspire and motivate their people. Uh, because while as clinicians, we center on our patients, our most valuable resource and asset is our people. Nothing happens without our people. Um, and, you know, we've been asking really, uh, really hard things of our workforce. And, um, you know, I hate to say it, but, you know, there's probably going to be more hard things over the next couple, two, three years, um, since there really are no quick fixes to the challenges um, that we face, uh, in particular with staffing. Um, and uh, the landscape continues to change and evolve. And, um, you know, naturally, most people don't like change. Um, but, you know, with dentistry being in this incredibly dynamic period, um, changes are going to happen, um, either with or without you. So really tying your people to that bigger why, uh, you know, uh, Simon uh, Sinek, he, uh, it starts with why, so that common purpose. Um, so if I had to point to one you know, real foundational thing that healthcare leaders will need to navigate these next few years, um, that would be it. Fantastic. Well, Cyrus, thank you so much for your time and your insights. I look forward to connecting with you again in the future. Thank you so much, Riz. It's so important for leaders at the top of organizations to keep learning, stay sharp, grow their networks. To help our audience better do this in a more simplified, personalized, and meaningful way, Becker's Healthcare has launched MyBHC. It's your trusted Becker's Healthcare experience and more with content, connections, events, and learning opportunities. 
Join the community free of charge at www.my.beckershospitalreview.com and we'll see you there. Thank you.